Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg. This is Lorraine Ball, and today I'm talking to Julie Kratz. I first met Julie as part of a Key Bank for Women's initiative. Uh, it was a wonderful experience in learning rediscovering a lot of the things that I should have already been doing as far as a business owner. And I am so excited to have Julie here today. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Lorraine. Julie, you have this, besides what you did for Key Bank for Women, this amazing coaching group. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of where you focus your energies? Yeah, so my coaching business is Pivot Point. And what I'm passionate about is helping women take their careers to the next level, take their businesses to the next level. And so what I found in our research and women that I've talked with all over the country in different positions, different stages of their career, is that we experience these pivots uh, where life kind of comes at us and challenges and opportunities. It's like, what's next? I just don't know. Uh, And so it's a real pleasure to get to speak with groups of women uh, coach individual women um, and help be a part of that positive change to take their careers to the next level. And I think the idea of the pivot, being able to look at your business and mm-hmm. go, wow, I really thought this was going to be what I was working on, but that actually kind of sounds good and yeah. maybe I should do that and really helping people find the tools. Mm-hmm. If you would talk to a group of women, two or three tips on if you're thinking about that pivot point. Mm-hmm. What questions should you be asking? Yeah, yeah. And, and so much of that requires some self-reflection time. It, it, it requires us to hit pause and really ask ourselves some tough questions. And, and the three questions I would ask if I were at a pivot point and for clients that are experiencing pivot points are what are you good at? You know, what are the things that you, you're continuously recognized for, your performance reviews, managers continually give you positive feedback on these attributes? They're your strengths, right? And if, if you don't know, there's tools like Strength Finder out there that can help you pinpoint your strengths. So that's number one. Number two is what do you enjoy doing? And that's sometimes different than what you're good at. And so what I find with women is their passion areas may be way out of alignment. If they're really having some discomfort and not sure where their career is going, they're likely doing something they're not passionate about. So really fully exploring what are, what's happening on your very best days. Uh, that usually sends a signal that on those very best days, you're doing things that you're passionate about. And so that's number two. And then I think the third point is really finding the intersection of both of those things. So I call it a skill and will overlap. So your skills, your unique strengths, where they overlap with your passions and your purpose. And when you find the intersection of what you're good at and what you enjoy doing, that's where the magic really comes. That is so incredibly true. When I, I mean, when I look at my own life, the things that I really love doing put me in front of an audience, let me talk, mm-hmm. and doing. I'm also good at marketing, and so being mm-hmm. able to talk about marketing and train and do that, those are my happy days. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things coming out of our class was that realization that I need to be doing more of that Mm -hmm. not only is it good for me Mm -hmm. it's really good for my business yeah oh absolutely and so making time for that and prioritizing that um, sometimes we can get into a little bit of a victim mode where it's like woe is me life's coming at me life's 
happening to me. But we have choices and, and acting with intention and making choices that are aligned with what you're good at doing and what you enjoy doing, that's going to give you more energy to funnel into the other stuff in life that you maybe have to do. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the other things is that it doesn't have to be alone. Mm-hmm. And you've written this wonderful book on uh, really, I think, a roadmap for women, particularly in, in corporate roles, to find those mm-hmm. allies. The book is called One, How Male Allies Support Women for Gender Equality, and it is available where? It is on Amazon. Uh, so if you search One and Julie Kratz, it'll pop right up. And um, it's also available on our website at nextpivotpoint.com. Awesome. And there will be a link to both the book and the website from the show notes. So be sure to grab that. But Julie, let's kind of dive a little bit into that. Mm -hmm. Why did you write the book? What are you hoping people will do as a result of reading it? Yeah. Well, as Lorraine, as we were prepping for this interview, we had some robust conversation about what's going on in the world today, politically and socially. Uh, there's certainly a lot that's happening today that's very relevant to the importance of male allies and having um, men that want to be a part of the dialogue included in a positive conversation. There's so much negative out there um, that we really can help replace that negative conversation with a positive one. Um, so these are tools that are really help men that maybe want to help but just don't know how and they hear things going on in the news and they're upset about it Uh, they have daughters they have strong mothers Um, so many of the men that we interviewed early on in our research way before everything was happening today um, they shared amazing stories about women in their lives that have touched them and in a very positive way that it inspired them to be better Mm-hmm. And they sometimes these women had seen things in them that they hadn't yet seen in themselves. And so what they want to do is kind of pass the torch to other women. Um, and so it comes from a very, very good place of natural empathy. And when we can extend our hands as women to men that empathize with us in our journey and the, the challenges that are unique to women, there are unique challenges out there as we're seeing today. But that doesn't mean that we can't change it together. Um, And so if I reflect back on my um, journey to get here and being a strong feminist and women's rights supporter since ever since I can remember, Mm -hmm. I think the challenge with feminism was, is that it was very much women together. Mm -hmm. Let's support each other, which is a great message and, and certainly one we need to continue to support. But it really wasn't encouraging men to come into the conversation Uh, So many of the male allies I interviewed and talked with and continue today, they're doing everything aligned with feminism, but they would not call themselves a feminist. (laughs) And so a lot of them are like, I'm just a human being supporting other human beings regardless of gender. You don't have to call me anything. And I argue quite the opposite. We need to call out our male allies. We need to have a term that's positive. And I wrestled with this early on in the research. I wanted to call the book Man Champions. I know, and I got that response. And so after the third or fourth interview, they're like, Julie, I hate that title. Like, all right, fine, I'll take the feedback. And then I talked to some amazing male ally organizations that were actually calling themselves male allies. And this started years ago. The earliest example I could find is in Australia. So they've actually been talking about male allies and champions of change from a male perspective for a long, lot longer than we have here. Most of the evidence I found here in the United States, it's, it's bubbling up on the coasts, mm-hmm. as usual. 
Um, it's been around for a few years. The conversation's been going. Um, but it's not um, It's not really permeated the Midwest where we're at. It, it's going to take a while, I think, to, to mm-hmm. reach the Midwest. So as you're... As you've had these conversations both with women who have had strong male allies in their lives and with men who you think are successful, are there a couple of suggestions that you would make to kind of start somebody on that journey? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I'm really a big fan of implementable, actionable change. And so the book actually has four key strategies um, that I found from the research that work lockstep men and women together. And so each section, each strategy has a section and there's a male ally component and a woman leader component. And so the first one I kind of alluded to was empathy. I call that the heart strategy. So men having empathy, channeling empathy towards women in their lives professionally. And then on the converse side of that, it's women starting with the with them. What's in it for men? There's so much research that shows higher profitability rates associated with gender equality at the highest level of organizations. So we're leaving money on the table. And men care about that. Mm-hmm. Women do too. But you can get men's attention with that. It's not a zero-sum game. Um, and then the second piece is storytelling and story sharing. So women knowing their stories, what they want, and communicating that and intentionally asking for it. And men listening. Mm-hmm. So the male allies, it's not the knight in shining armor. We're not looking to be rescued, man. <laughs> women just need a coach. Kind of talk them through it. Listen to their story. Help guide them. You know, perhaps be a mentor, a sponsor, an advocate. Um, just a supporter. Whatever role that woman needs you to play. And then the third piece is speaking up. As we were prepping for this interview, we talked about, you know, sometimes men are like, well, women just need to speak up. It's not that easy, ladies, right? <laughs> we do that and we get called mean names. Mm-hmm. So men can amplify our voices. So, and oftentimes men are in the room when women are not, right? Look at any C-suite, you'll see that. And so men having amplify women's voices and speaking up with her, not for her. And then women, again, being okay Speaking up for yourself. And sometimes we feel selfish doing that. But reminding yourself that people want to hear your story. right? And so leveraging your male allies as a supportive amplification technique. And then the fourth piece is around work and life. Yes, I'm leaving off balance because it's impossible. And we all know that. We just keep trying to fit it in and make work and life coexist in this happy harmony. Um, But a lot of the people we interviewed, they said that having their male allies, their counterparts at work and at home doing the fair share, that allowed women to practice more Mm self-care, doing the things that really drive you, that make you happy. And when you find that happy place, you're better for everyone around you. We can only make others as happy as we are ourselves. Great advice. And the thing that you said that really struck a chord for me, not just amplifying voices when you're not in the room, but Mm -hmm. amplifying them when you're at the table. And there's a great story from, I think, the Obama administration that there were a number of women in his advisory group who felt like when they would make a suggestion, it would fall on deaf ears, and then some man would make it and people would listen. And so the women got together and deliberately, if you made a suggestion, I would build on it, as Mary just said, as Julie just said, and that habit developed and became part of the culture and suddenly people started listening the first time mm-hmm. and so something as simple as working with your your male counterparts to mm-hmm. hey i'm going to bring this up in the meeting i'd love your support mm-hmm. is, uh, is huge well and oftentimes men can 
take the other's ideas without even knowing mm-hmm. that they're doing or get credit for the woman's ideas. And so that's a great technique to prevent that from happening. And that's what male allies do. They reorient the conversation you have credit where it's due and make sure that all voices are heard and that you're building off previous ideas. Awesome. I could probably talk for hours, <laughs> but we're kind of out of time. I want, uh, once again, to give you a chance to let people know how to find you. Yeah. Yeah. So nextpivotpoint.com. You can find lots of great resources there. So we've got our blog series. We have our podcast series. Um, we have our free online workshops, which you can sign up for the next one. Um, or you can even watch the past ones. We've got 10 in the library there around things like negotiation, um, building your winning plan, uh, demonstrating confidence. And so there's plenty of great resources there, and you can even schedule time to talk with me as well. Fantastic. And if you have enjoyed this conversation and want to learn more about marketing and web design, social media, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz and look for other episodes of More Than a Few Words wherever you listen to your podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.